Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal Ness Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watched Sisu. This is a Finnish movie, uh, but it's in English. I think that's kind of cool, and it's quite good. Yeah, yeah I, uh, that's nice. <laughs> this is one of those movies similar to Dungeons and Dragons that got advertised very blatantly for normies, because all of the fucking trailers you saw for were like, oh, it's like John Wick meets whatever. It's like, oh, cool, I don't want to see that. I've already had enough of the John Wick knockoffs. And it turns out it's not that in the slightest, except that there's a dog. Yeah, that really sums it up, because that's the only trailer I ever saw was in front of John Wick 4. Yep. I think I'm kind of happy that I... Advertising, ever. I think I'm kind of happy that I didn't see a trailer for this. And uh, I, I get... The advert, I there's a guy in a gray suit in an office somewhere. Like everyone's gone home, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I forgot to create like a campaign for Sisu. Uh, what was it? Some guy kills a bunch of guys. Ah, John Wick. You know, who cares?" And I think that's how it probably came about. Uh, there's I, I no way he watched the movie. People, uh, I just assume these people are just everything they do is like, how can we build money from normie millennials with Funkos who only love brand and IP. And that's probably the best way to do that. So uh, I'm not saying their strategy is wrong. It's just going to prevent me from seeing otherwise good movies. But thankfully, I have guinea pigs to watch things like this before me and come back and be like, oh, no, no, it owns. And then we end up watching it. All right, Parker, do we have any news about brands? Oh, buddy, I have news (laughs) that that will tie into my next segment. (laughs) Oh, good. Which is, of course, um, I'll just say now, my jerk of the week is whichever of you assigns me a Brian Singer's new movie that's coming out. uh, His... (laughs) self-financed documentary about himself and, uh, let me quote here, his struggles. Uh, be sure to hit theaters and check out my new movie, Actually, I Don't Fuck Boys, coming soon. Can't wait. Always a good sign when you have to put up your own money to be like, guys, I swear I totally don't fuck teenagers. If I did it, here's how I would. This is going to be four hours long, too. It's like, here's every boy I didn't fuck. <laughs> you guys see X-Men? Hey, see that guy? Did not fuck Iceman. <laughs> Did not fuck him. Pyro? Hand stuff. Doesn't count, though. It's gonna be good. Just sitting there with a fucking old-timey teleprompter. <laughs> Movies are back, baby. Yeah, sure uh, yeah. That's Transformers be... next week. Uh, fighting the pedophilia charges. I what is a woman? The... It's gonna be great. Speaking of movies, isn't The Flash coming out soon? Uh, yeah, it's yeah, coming it out is. at some point. I don't know if it's coming out next week, but, uh, you know, that is, Alex... That is dangerous. It only takes two territories. Alex, Alex, if you want, you can take a week off and Parker and I can bite that Transformers bullet. No, no, no. 
I'll, Hang on. Uh, I don't remember game. agreeing to that. Hang on a second. <laughs> I'm game. I'll, uh, I'll back Chris on this one. I will be there as the second vote. You just nominate me like, no, that's fine. You take the week off. Parker will go see it. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, but don't just put my business out there. That, I mean, I, I bet I was going to watch it with you. But, you know. Anyway. So, uh, <laughs> out of curiosity, did anybody else see that, like, 150-tweet-long thread about the entire development cycle of the Flash movie? Because no. I've been obsessed with it for a day and a half. I have not I seen I saw that. that it was announced, like, around the time the very first episode of the Flash TV show aired, which is incredibly <laughs> cool, because that just oh, ended yeah. after nine seasons. Man, I am... Excited's not the word I would use. <laughs> I'm interested. Fine. Finding out for probably the third or fourth time that this was originally going to be a George Miller movie starring Adam Brody and Anton Yelchin as the two Flashes, like, I, uh, <laughs> it really takes you back, you know? Sometimes I forget that George Miller was making a Justice League movie. That. What a time to be alive that would have been. I definitely forgot. With Army Hammer as Batman, whoops. <laughs> I mean, everything just keeps coming back. The the last voyage of the Demeter keeps the Dark Universe alive. Just going through all of the names that were attached to this and all of the people that were given the choice by the studio. It's like, hey, do you want The Flash or this other movie? And having people go, nah, 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 give me Aquaman instead. Like, <laughs> really said it all. No, we're going to make The Flash. He's like one of the main characters. Sorry, Aquaman made with, with a B. Billy? <laughs> well, surely a Flash movie can't miss. He's a way bigger... Another director's gone. Okay, well. Oops. How about another one? How many did they go through? Like five or six? Uh, double digits. At like least. Like they finally settled on the guy who made it and then the not good it. Alex, can you DM you me that thread him? when you get a chance? I'd like to read that. Yeah, I would love Absol- to. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. I'd love to dive I, into I, that. I, yeah. I considered just doing a dramatic reading of it, but that would be like eight minutes. Yeah, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'll do the dramatic reading and I'll do a silly voice. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get into our jerks of the week. Optimus Primal. <laughs> no, we're not missing Primal. I still no way. That's <laughs> so cool, dude. <laughs> okay, uh, my jerk of the week is I wrote this one down here. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. Moishi Ufnik. Oh, I don't think you can say that on the show, dude. Now, is that one of Josh's new characters? Yes. So here's the thing. Oh. Moishi <laughs> his cousin's voicing this one. <laughs> Actually, you're not far off on that one either one of you. So I was at um I was at Trivia last night and it was a six four two. The six is the hardest question of the night. It's it's always tough to get. Uh but if you do get it, you know, it's a great moment. Uh the six four two question goes like this. Uh this is a Sesame Street character. Moishi Ufnik. Uh well, the answer is not Moishi Ufnik, but this... Six points, give me. But this, uh, but this Sesame Street character has a cousin named Moishi Ufnik. Who is it? Our answer of Josh Brody did not get us the six points. Turns out it was actually Oscar the Grouch. Turns out uh, the cousin Moishi <laughs> Ufnik is in the Israeli version of Sesame Street. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I want to see what his trash can looks like. Dude, Google Moishi Ufnik right now. It's spelled M O. I don't know how to spell that. M- I don't want to get on a list. Okay, well, I'm going to do it. It might not have corrected. <laughs> so if you look, <laughs> the, the picture of Moishi Ufnik is actually pretty funny. <laughs> and Moishi. Man, the third Oof. picture is him glaring at the camera as his happy Hanukkah. It's so sweet. This rules. 
can we get this puppet for our Bigfoot movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's baby Bigfoot. Can you imagine, could you imagine the fucking reveal in a Bigfoot movie just being the most Sesame Street-ass puppet you've ever seen? Yes. Somebody could do that. It would be incredible. And by somebody, yeah, of course, me. Yeah. Brown, no, none Brown, of you. Who lives in a broken car. <laughs> 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 How'd the car break? <laughs> anyway, it's the the funny part is uh, Boyce Ufnik is actually voiced by uh, the same woman who did the voice of Harley Quinn in the Harley Quinn movie. So, who are your jerks of the week? Uh, my jerk of the week is Baby Gronk for stealing Livy from the Riz King. <laughs> Can you imagine saying those words out loud to your father? <laughs> <laughs> I want to so badly. Should I call him? <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Uh, I guess we've named all of our jerks of the week. Sorry, I'm on the Muppet Wiki. And I saw <laughs> Shalom Sesame, and I uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be busy for a minute. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, uh, let's get into what we watched recently. I only have a few here. I, I did watch some more Looney Tunes. I'm kind of pissed off at Max because they removed all the Looney Tunes that were made after 1950. You know, all the good ones. No stated reason. <laughs> all right, you got all the you got all the racist ones. I want to talk out of here. I want to talk about the racist ones. I decided I'd do a little bit re, a little bit of research into how they came about. So cast your mind back. It's uh, like 1942-ish or something like that. And uh, the United States is embroiled in a global conflict that was called uh, the Great War II. And Bob Clampett, one of the premier Disney or uh, Looney Tunes uh, animators, went to a uh, U.S. Army base. It was showing like a bunch of Looney Tunes to them, and it was a big hit. Like the soldiers loved the Looney Tunes, and there was a group of black soldiers there. And they go up to Bob Clampett and they say, in what I assume was probably a normal voice, "Hey, uh, why aren't there any black characters in Looney Tunes? It's it's just white characters. There should be some black ones too." And he's like, "Wow, you know what? You're right. Uh, there should be black characters." And he's and. Uh, would you mind if I put some black characters into a Looney Tunes one? And, and the soldiers were like, yeah, hey, sure, go ahead. And uh, as a result, Bob Clampett turned out Coal Black and D7 Dwarfs, which is one of the most racist oh, no. shorts ever made. Uh, hey, you should draw some black cartoons. Should I? <laughs> Here you go. They asked for it. and uh, well, he's, he's a lot more red than I anticipated. Yeah. <laughs> This is uh, this is one of those uh, places where the best of intentions can go awry because Bob Clampett, from what I can tell, really thought he was doing something here. He really thought that this was a pro-black message that he was sending with coal black and D7 dwarfs, which I really don't like saying out loud. Uh, yeah, you do. Yeah, no, I know. And uh, he like he actually got black actors to voice these characters, and he made them talk that way. He got uh, a black orc. He run more uh, black music in there, but uh, because the studio wanted to save money, they had Carl Sullivan do most of it, and they only did like the last song, and uh, all that stuff in there with like the dice for teeth and shit, like all that. He was like, "Yeah, black people love this," and he he was asked years later, like, "Dude, what the fuck was up with Cold Black and D Seven Doors?" He was like. It was a different time, you know? People didn't seem to mind so much. So I looked up some contemporary reviews. And uh, the New York Times is like, this is very funny. Great use of blackface. And <laughs> the only people who gave it a bad review was uh, the NAACP. So apparently not everyone was a fan. have to be such stinkers about this? <laughs> exactly. Now, I'm not saying that everything Looney Tunes did back then was bad because I, uh, I watched some of the, uh, the World War II propaganda. 
And I gotta tell you, Mel Blanc does one of the funniest Hitler impressions I've ever seen. It's actually really funny to listen to. Uh, it's not quite as funny as... Uh, they they seem to like doing caricatures of Frank Sinatra, who was very skinny. And he seemed to get progressively skinnier in every single episode to, to like, this final appearance. He's, like, he's covered in a blanket sitting on a wheelchair because he's about to die from malnutrition. <laughs> I don't know what they had against that guy. Uh, I will say, don't watch uh, all of the World War II propaganda because as racist as they were against black people, the Japanese got it so bad that I was like, wait, that's not even what they look like. Okay, that's <laughs> this is just silly. Well, yeah, I mean they changed because of the propaganda. Yeah, well, uh, they, they were in the Private Snafu shorts. I don't know if you guys know the Private Snafu shorts, but uh, they were actually written by uh, uh, Thomas Geisel, who was Doctor Seuss, and P.D. Eastman, who was also a children's book author. Turns out a lot of soldiers back in World War II were not the most literate bunch, so they couldn't read the instructions on how to avoid malaria, and. Uh, they asked the Looney Tunes guys, like, hey, could you come up with some shorts that we could show to the uh, soldiers so they stop getting malaria all the time? And they were a big hit with the soldiers. And some of the soldiers kind of learned how to read better from those shorts than they did from C. Dick and Jane. And this is what led to the rise of uh, the Cat in the Hat and uh, everything else from Dr. Seuss. And then the liberal media canceled him. So uh, the moral of the story is... Um, uh, I didn't learn a lesson. So, next one that I want. They brought back Shalom Sesame. Uh, they have several guest stars, including I... Cedric the Entertainer, which is something I will be finding. Maybe we're going to watch that That's... instead of uh, uh, Transformers Primal. Well, let, let, me, let me just volunteer some more information because I'm on a different part of the Sesame Street wiki. Oh, what is it? Uh, so, other than finding out that French Oscar the Grouch is called Mordecus, which is killing <laughs> me. I sense a kinship with these. <laughs> <rumors. laughs> I am I am fascinated by this page of celebrity grouches, which includes such grouches as Dan Rather Not and Walter Cranky, <laughs> Sharon Grown, Spill O'Reilly, <laughs> Martha Sewer, and Oma Grossa. <laughs> Holy shit. Is... I, I need to find what... The, I don't know where this came from. There's two different Donald Trump-themed grouches, and I don't know why. I need to go work in Sesame Street. I, I, this, is, this is the rest of my night now, you guys. This genuinely sounds like a Josh bit. I know. Just seeing this DVD with Grover's big, stupid face with the text, Shabbat Shalom, Grover. <laughs> <laughs> really doing a number on me. That's awesome, awesome, man. <laughs> oh, shit. This is incredible. I, I, I hate that I know this exists now. It's fucking it's so good, though, actually. Oh, my gross. <laughs> Why? There's only, like, 20 celebrity grouches. How did she make the cut? <laughs> celebrity grouches? Dan Rather Not. Alright. Alright. How do they get Jerry Stiller on here? It's <laughs> a really big get. Alright, well, uh, what else did I watch? Uh, the other Alex came over and uh, she found out I had never seen Moonstruck. So I uh, put that on. Turns out Moonstruck's really good. Share's really good. Um, 
Nick Cage, obviously quite good there. Uh, it's fun. I'm trying to look for the right adjective to describe it. I guess homey. It has a sort of homey feel in it. It's obviously like a New York-based uh, comedy romance. And uh, wholesome is not the word I'd use because everyone's cheating on each other. But if there's something about these Italian people when they get together in the kitchen at the end of the movie that really stuck with me. What also stuck with me are two really good lines there. It's like, if you keep doing that, I'm going to kick you till you're dead. Which reminds me of that line, if you ruin this, I'm going to brain you. Which uh, I happen to like. And, <laughs> and the other one is like... <laughs> the other one I really... I was just imagining the scene and waiting. <laughs> <laughs> the other one that stuck with me is... Uh, one day, you're going to drop dead, and I'm going to wear a red dress to your funeral. And uh, that seems like a very Italian thing to say, if you're a woman. Anyway, I liked it a lot. It was very good. But we also had 90 minutes after that, and Alex insisted... She demanded that we watch Child's Play 3 because it's on the list. Parker. Is it really? It <laughs> is. It's, sucks, it's on man. the new list. It's on the new one. Now, here's the thing. Everyone's got opinions out there. Everyone has the right to their own opinion. And, you know, with as many billions of people as there are in this world, everyone's got unique opinions. But I cannot fathom the person who watches child's play 3 and says it's their favorite of the bunch i cannot imagine that this person exists this movie is so fucking bad it does nothing well and it's like yeah the first child's play movie wasn't exactly great and the second child's play movie wasn't exactly great and i'm sure c to chucky isn't spectacular either but man child's play 3 is just boring in every single regard i have to admit i kept going no no i don't want to see it let me do anything else and she was like there's a live grenade and i was like and children okay it's like one guy dies it's so fucking <laughs> dull uh it's not scary in the side but no chucky movie is scary it's impossibly scary it's like that big you just kick him so, uh, didn't like that. Ow. Uh, one more. <laughs> one more here. Uh, <laughs> I watched a, a Werner Herzog movie, called, a documentary called My Best Fiend. This is about Klaus Kinski. Parker, looking directly at you. Oh, noted cool guy. Yeah, He's yeah. regular and I, normal. I just want to make... Just like yeah. our good friend Brian Singer. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I... I uh, value life. I... If someone dies, I try not to dance on their graves. I don't really know. That's that's not really for me. I will say that there have been very few times in my life where I've said, it is good that this person is dead. Once was about New Jack, and the other was about Klaus Kinski. That's a rarefied error. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, I think both men deserve that. Klaus Kinski is... Uh, he was a German, for everyone who doesn't know who Klaus Kinski was, he was this German actor who was in a whole bunch of Werner Herzog movies. He was in uh, Aguirre, uh, The Wrath of God. He was in uh, Fitzcarraldo. He was in that uh, Nosferatu movie. He was in a few others. And uh, he was well known for being super intense and really hard to work with, but you always got like a good performance out of him. He also raped uh, two of his daughters. And nothing fucking funny about that I, I remember one of my friends said that nick cage was today's klaus kinski and i told him shut the fuck up don't call people that that's awful uh I, my heart goes out to the kinski family and anyone else who had to put up with this motherfucker uh it seems like a very unpleasant person and they don't i don't think he goes into that in the documentary instead he just says all this other shit that kinski did and uh i couldn't see why people like him you know everyone likes a character but uh I, I think the world is a brighter place without him. So, 
on that happy note... Was this documentary made before or after he died? It was... Was this just like a 90-minute victory lap? This was... Well, yeah, but it came out like eight years after he died. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. So he had time to <laughs> stew. <laughs> just a whole documentary of like, I'm glad this motherfucker's dead. I wish I did it myself. Yeah. All right. Good well, on that cheery note, uh, who wants to talk about Across the Spider-Verse? I... Well, next week. Oh, you haven't <clears throat> seen it yet? I've seen it Saturday. Dude. Well... <laughs> Truthfully, I have nothing to say because the movie's perfect. Yeah, like, I, I don't I, feel like we could do an episode <clears throat> on this. And usually, I, I I kind of veer more towards we can talk about good movies. But when the movie was done, I was legit just sitting there with a big dumb grin on my face, imagining how stupid it would be for me to say, "Yeah, that was good." <laughs> I mean, it's such I an understatement. Literally, I have literally one and only one complaint about the movie, and that's that I saw it opening night at 10.45 p.m. in IMAX, and uh, walking into that theater is... I smelled things that I have not smelled since the middle school locker room. <laughs> it was fucking disgusting. Just that literal 50-50 split of B.O. and Axe body spray that you haven't, like, sniffed in, like, 20 years at this point. Parker, you it put it on now. <laughs> it's... I, like, I, the movie is literally, like, perfect for teenage boys so i understand why that's the crowd that was there however i felt so ill for the first five minutes of the movie that i almost left yeah. <laughs> fucking just i just sit down with my big old popcorn and my toretto twist and uh hell yeah dude nice <laughs> i'm just like i don't even want to eat this anymore can i get refunds from the concession stand i like the idea that beaver table sitting right in front of him I, that might have been an improvement. <laughs> He's just wafting his son. <laughs> He's trying to put it out. <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, yeah, I'll yeah. be seeing it this this weekend. Yeah, for uh, his birthday. We're going hog wild at Alamo. Uh, well, good news, That's, dude. Uh, you, you will enjoy it. I personally guarantee it. Emphasis on hog yeah. wild. I, 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 I cannot imagine someone who watches this and genuinely like not trying to do like a grift or a bit or something like that doesn't enjoy it. Very, very excited for it. I, I like that movie is two and a half hours long, and you're probably on some level like it's two and a half hour animated superhero movie. That probably sucks, but also I could have spent that whole runtime in Spider India and been completely happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I let your dad just, hear that. It's it's so good, dude. I, I I honestly like yeah, we're a movie podcast. I want to talk about the movie, but there's like nothing that I can add to this conversation. Like it's fucking stunning to look at. It's Maybe the only movie, it's maybe the only movie I've ever seen that has the perfect amount and tone of fan service, which, again, you'll never hear me say again, but it's, it's so limited in scope, and when it's employed, it's employed so well, like, when the, one of the spider people yells, get Spider-Man, and the entire building of spider people starts doing the pointing meme at each other. Just fucking crush me. Yeah, it's so. Good. It, that's the thing. It's like everyone knew that joke was coming, and it still killed. Uh, it's, I at this point, I was just like, they kind of did it in one of the previous Spider-Man movies, yeah. I think, yeah. and it was like kind of lame. Uh, but uh, in this one, no, it's perfect. Like our, our little twenty-second look in on Lego World, Dude, fucking amazing. That, that like, one fucking crushed. Uh, it's, it's, Every time he went, beep, boop. <laughs> you're in such good hands with that movie. Yeah, like, I just absolutely tickled. The uh, I truly, 
I cannot wait. It was just because schedules didn't line up, or I would have already seen it. Yeah, I'm very excited. The uh, that's the thing about the fan service I want to get into is they don't go and name literally every single Spider-Man that's in that world. Some of them you just kind of glimpse, and if you have a passing familiar familiarity with Spider-Man, you'll probably recognize one of them. Like I, one of the ones that was my favorite was when he, I think he crosses along a rope or something like that, and the Spider-Mobile is like dragging down the weight of everyone. It was like, oh my god, I recognize that <laughs> stupid looking fucking dude buggy that he used to ride. <laughs> Big fan of Spider-Cat that just that hacks up web hairballs. <laughs> uh, I, I liked Peter Parked Car. That was uh, one of my. <laughs> <laughs> that one got me too. It wouldn't have been funny if it didn't have the little thing pop up at the bottom of the character. Right, name. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so fucking dumb, but in the perfect way. The other thing is, like, I we often talk about how movies are a group project, and in this one, you can really tell Lord and Miller's contributions. There are jokes in there. It's like that is such a them joke. One of the ones that's like a great example of this is, uh, there's a. <laughs> there's spider horse and spider cowboy and uh miles morales is trying to get away from him and uh they're face to face and spider cowboy says draw on three one and he miles just webs him in the face immediately and you hear him like fall away from the background you didn't wait for three <laughs> which that that's such a phil lord and christopher miller joke and i love that shit i love when they're involved and i know that they weren't one of the listed writers or directors on here but i mean producer credits can mean anything for any movie sometimes producers have been dead before the movie went into production like the room but this one it's clear that they contributed to it and the movie is stronger for it i uh i will say that uh the only thing i've heard any criticism about from people that i strongly disagree with here is uh oh i i didn't know it was going to be a part one too bad, alright? It's it's great yeah, the way that it care. is. If you were even remotely thinking about the runtime of this movie while you were watching it, like, you should probably be on Adderall. Like, yeah. just fucking sit down and watch the movie, man. And I'm saying this as somebody that has an Adderall prescription. Like, if, if you can't just enjoy this for what it is, like, you you need some sort of chemical help. I don't yeah. know what else to tell you. Yeah, I, I love this movie... Full stop. That's it. I mean, I, I try... It's not even like I don't want to give anything away. Uh, although there would be spoilers if uh, if Parker had seen him. I guess we could, like, warn them here. But it's more so the fact that, uh, like Alex said at the beginning, what else can you possibly say? It's not even like, oh, what has everyone else said? That's one of the most visually impressive movies ever made. That it's just really good, and I like these characters, and it's very funny, and it's exciting, and it's dramatic, and it's great for kids. Uh, yeah, it's just perfect. God damn it. I want to see it now. You you should. I I mean, I've been telling people. I think, actually, whether I, when I took the other Alex, she had not seen uh, Into the Spider-Verse. And uh, she said, should I watch that first? I said, you should call off work immediately and go watch it. I did rewatch that since I knew I wasn't going to be able to see it last weekend. I went and got mm -hmm. the 4K because I realized I didn't have it for some reason. Man, I should get, I should start upgrading the that's 4K. A, that's, a, that's the first time I'd seen it all the way through since theaters. It turns out it's still really good. Yeah, I I love that one, and I love this one. Uh, I, I like this one more, just because there is more stuff, and it doesn't feel bloated, somehow. <laughs> uh, man, it's it's good. It's good all the way through. Anyway, I, I'm being redundant now. Alex, what'd you watch? Um, before I get to that, I just uh, want to give you a little little bit extra to, uh, to consider here. Uh, Filthomina. Uh, Harry, Harry, more contrary. <laughs> and GTA 3. <laughs> uh, and Megan Lisa. 
<laughs> Monsieur <Yeah>. de Gallstone, <laughs> Old Yuck Donald, <laughs> Scram I Am, That's good. That's Sir good. Complain a Lot, and Vidal Spittoon. <laughs> you really saved I, the best for last on that one. <laughs> yeah. I am making the Grouch Wiki my homepage. Yeah. I want to spend every day on this website. He has wait. Oscar has a has a Oscar has a niece named Irvine. <laughs> so good, dude. diva garbage dump. Were we sleeping on Sesame Street all this time? I guess so. Elizabeth Chardon. <laughs> I, I keep seeing Gary Grouch, and it just reads as Gary Gooch to me, which is killing me. Dude, the picture of Spill O'Reilly is so good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I only have one other thing to talk about this week. Uh, you know, I'm sure this is an experience everybody out there that's ever been in a relationship has had. Where you're sitting around the couch and your significant other says, uh, hey, uh, can you go find such and such movie for me? And you're like, all right, is this some stupid rom-com? Like, come on, what is this? And you're like, no, 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 it's like a sci-fi movie and it's got like a 7.5 on IMDb. I'm like, all right, sure, why not? Which is how I ended up watching a movie called Never Let Me Go. Uh, now, Chris, you are very much somebody who's vocal about the fact that sci-fi needs to be about things, right? I prefer it when so, it is, yes. So I will uh, I will give you the story of this and let you determine uh, how about something this is. Um, so we, we start with the text crawl, which, you know, never a good sign. But in this, you know, it's not like one of those movies, so it's kind of fine. That basically tells us, like, it's the near future and lifespans have been like basically doubled right so like people can live for like a really long time we've like cured a lot of the ills that come along with the body and it just kind of leaves it at that we we go to a fucking orphanage in ye old england uh so you got all these little stupid orphan kids running around you know some of them are mean to the one that's bad at sports there's a little cooper dick here and uh you know the one girl's nice to him who we find out is like you know like the narrator and she's best friends with the popular girl and these orphans are just like fucking around doing orphan things for like 20 minutes you're just like what what is the point of this and then one of the teachers is like all right all right i can't do this anymore i have to tell you guys what's going on like all of you are being grown for organ harvesting like you're you you're not gonna get to experience a real life like this is what the deal is here like the reason that aging has been cured is because we have all these little schools with kids like you that never get to have anything and then the rich people come along and they take your organs and you die you'll live through three or four of these vital organ transplants and then that's it you just go kaput uh you're never gonna get to live this life that you think you're gonna get to live and it's a bunch of little kids so a rumor starts going around that the uh the one way to break this cycle is if you fall in real, true, verifiable love, like, they'll let you live for a little bit longer with your partner. Because, like, that's, you know, really important or whatever. So, basically, you have, like, this dorky kid and the girl that's nice to him, and then her popular best friend's like, actually, I'm going to date the dorky kid so we can live for longer. Uh, that is act one of this movie. That's about 30 minutes. We then jump to them being late teens, early 20s. They're no longer at their weird little orphanage boarding school. They live in what is ostensibly like a regular little town in ye old England. And they all live together and they all hang out. And they're sitting around talking about, you know, you know, how uh, 
how they're like experiencing life and all this stuff and they're learning things like they talk to the kids from the other boarding school and they're like learning all this stuff and they're like oh you guys went to the good boarding school you got this and that and blah 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 whatever uh this this entire act of the movie is basically so we learn that our three little kids from the beginning uh the the nice girl is now carrie mulligan the dorky kid is now andrew garfield and the popular girl is now Kira knightley with turf banks and uh the those two are still together and carrie mulligan's sad about it because oh me and andrew garfield are in real true love but you know this my best friend has stolen her from me blah blah whatever and there's like a whole you will never get this you will never get this scene and then we go to the third <laughs> act where they're all adults uh and while they're all adults uh they seem to just be working regular people jobs like they they've kind of gone their separate ways they're just like normal pieces of society except that someday they're going to be harvested for their organs and die uh Carrie Mulligan finds out that Kira Knightley's character is about to go do her last donation and die, so she gets the group back together, and Kira Knightley's like, oh, I'm so sorry that I was mean to you. you know, or, I'm so sorry that I did this, just trying to live for longer. It was very wrong of me. But I found the address of the people that you have to go talk to if you want to live for longer, because you two have clearly been in love this whole time. So they're like, alright, cool, sick. So they go and they, they meet with these people, and they're like, yeah, no, that's just a childhood rumor that doesn't actually exist at all. And then they get in the car, and Andrew Garfield gets out, and he starts screaming. And then the next scene is him on the operating table about to do his last donation, and then the movie ends. Uh, now, you might be wondering a lot of things about this world. Uh, and so am I, because this movie doesn't really tell you anything more than what I just fucking told you. We see nothing that suggests that these people have ever tried to, like, you know, leave there, there's, like, no security presence. There's no, like, microchips. There's no weird shit that, like, is keeping them in this dystopian world where they'll be harvested for organs. And also, all of them just kind of sit there and go, eh, I guess we're going to get harvested for organs. That sucks. And I'm, like, watching this, and I'm like, is this supposed to be, like, an allegory for, like, factory farming or something? Like, are they just, you know, these people have no agency? Nothing. Like, they're, they're just, like, they literally exist only for this purpose, and they seem kind of resigned to it, other than oh, wouldn't it be nice if we lived a little bit longer? And then, in, you know, the ending reveal scene where they find out that there's no, like, extension of their lives or whatever, they're like, oh, yeah, we just took all your artwork to see if you had souls. We were just curious if you had people or not. Anyway, bye. And it's like, oh, so this is about, you know, humanity and what it takes to be a human. And to that I say, these people aren't humans. They, 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 not because of, like, them being grown in a lab or whatever, but because they exhibit no characteristics of being human other than the capability to love. Like, your whole fucking movie is based around this fucking thing that doesn't... It, you, you've done nothing to build it. You've done nothing to suggest to me that these people are anything other than the fact that, oh, they're famous people and I know who they are, and these two seem to be in love, and they get to spend, like, 15 minutes in a relationship together. Like, I one of the most frustrating movies I've ever seen because like there's something there with this fucking premise and they just don't do anything with it like they're literally five minutes before the end of the movie they're in the car driving through the middle of nowhere because again the organ donation slaves can just roam about through society doing whatever the fuck they want and it's like well you guys could just try to drive away and if they catch you your fate is exactly the same there's like nah I'm just gonna be sad about it that's all it's just I, movie drove me fucking nuts and it's been a week and I'm still thinking about how mad I am about it. You know, like, it sounds be- like Brian Singer would love this because it's underdeveloped. Got <laughs> See y'all next week. I, I will say this is based on a book that people say is very good that I'm definitely not going to read. So like maybe it's just a shitty adaptation. 
But people seem to like this shitty adaptation. And to those people, I say, you guys are fucking stupid. Like, there's nothing here. You, you you see the pretty faces of the people, and you're like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if these two actors got to be together? And that's your entire engagement with this fucking movie. There's nothing there for you to care about at all. It's infuriating. I, I'm so mad. I mean, like, I'm glad I watched it because content, but this movie sucks so much ass. Like, I... I how do you make this movie with this premise and just make it suck this much <sighs> it sounds uh pretty fucking wretched i if in a different world one of you would have to watch this you pissed me off but uh, i'm not gonna do that somebody <laughs> appreciate that um yeah no i've just been stewing on that one for six days so uh we can move on to whatever parker watched well let me ask you a question <clears throat> how far is your lovely wife and her succession watch uh not far enough Okay, because I enjoy you telling me that she gives you updates with every episode. Yes. I just, now that I've recently gone through the journey in rapid time, I'd like to see it through her eyes. Oh, where uh, she hold think on, about hold a on. cool guy Tom swallowing yeah, his own we, jizz. Yeah, we can do that. Hey, dear, can you come here for a second? Oh, hell yeah. I'm talking to you, sweetheart. Yes. Yes, hey. hi. Jeez. Come on. Come on. Okay. Put the phone down. Yeah, okay. Well, you're just going to have to cut all this. She's ignoring me. Brutal. I don't know why. Are, are your AirPods in or something? Oh, your AirPods are in. It's okay, me, cool. Alex. Hi. I love Come succession. Here. Hello. Uh, Hello. Speak into the microphone about how you feel about Cousin Greg. Fuck Greg. Whoa. <laughs> That's all she's got. Uh, she really hates Cousin Greg for some reason. Also, He's got that energy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little wormy, seven foot tall little freak. Is she going to bake you a tomlet? <laughs> He's, he's the best character in the show. She's wrong. And now she's ranting away from the microphone, so we're getting none of the good stuff. <laughs> Come on, babe, it's show business. Get back here. He is useless. He doesn't even have a car, and he's working at a big-ass company. He lives in New York City. Why would he have a car? They have, like, a chauffeur, like, going around in a car. Why can't he get one? He's supposedly getting, like, really good money. Why is he like why why is he so bad? He like the only part I liked was when he took out the when he took out his phone when they were speaking in Swedish and then he Google translated or whatever. That was the good part. The rest fuck off. I hope he dies alone. This is this You've is been rubbing off on her I clearly have been rubbing off on her a lot. Yeah. She doesn't enjoy the beauty of Cousin Greg. It's like her biggest point is like, why doesn't he have a car? It's like, man. For <laughs> 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 <Different> stories. <laughs> I mean, Cousin Greg's the goat character, so. That's correct. I don't know what to say about that. Why doesn't uh, he have a car? Because he's poor. <laughs> My dad makes a lot of money now. He didn't buy me a car either. Shit. <laughs> Well, that's good to know. I'm glad to hear she's enjoying her journey. <laughs> she sure is. Wait, can you get her back and uh, ask her who her favorite Grouch is? <laughs> well, I'll prepare that for next week. Hang on, it says oh, wait, wait, guys, I'm breaking news here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also have breaking news. <laughs> so, that Oscar the Grouch's car is called the Sloppy Jalopy. <laughs> 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 Alright, it's better than mine, but... uh. <laughs> It's a barstool headline. Transformers: Rise of the Beast is easily one of the best in the franchise. <laughs> oh <laughs> boy! <laughs> <laughs> 
one of doing all of No, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> what does your wife think about Optimus Primal? <laughs> I don't want to know. Sam Witwicky. <laughs> all right, I don't even know what that is. Hey, babe, what do you think about the AllSpark? She starts screaming at you. So do you. Imagine the sloppy jalopy transforming to just a mound of shit. <laughs> Which grouch is getting the sloppiest jalopy? <laughs> I should have never mentioned Boishi Ufne. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with Benny from Bensonhurst. <laughs> My little buddy Benny. <laughs> He's real Cousin Greg energy. Let me yeah. tell you. Cousin Boishi. Warren Blexstein. <laughs> okay, I need to close this tab. Yeah, I'm not getting anything accomplished. I just I can't believe that the French version is called One Rue Sesame. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It's even better than the German version being called Sesamstrasse. <laughs> I can't believe Oscar the Grouch has a girlfriend. It's so fucked up, dude. I'm still thinking about his niece named Irvine. <laughs> Granny Grouch. Hang on, I gotta click this real quick. Yep. Oh, I don't uh, like that. I don't like that one bit. Uh, how did it take me this song to notice it's Yuck Pearlbud? <laughs> <laughs> this is... This is dog shit. <laughs> I'd like to reiterate my earlier point from uh, the entire history of the show that the 70s fucking suck. This is all garbage. God, the Same, but the opposite. Fuck you. Swamp mud. No, I can't. I cannot. I'm closing it. I'm putting my phone down. Okay. Where was I? Oh, There's uh, human grouches? No. <laughs> stop. stop this. <laughs> oh my god, it's Mucklemore and Muckopolo. <laughs> Okay. We're let me, back let me grab my phone again. Hang on. Let me go and let me open this back up here. This is going to be fun, Dad. Now, when you say Mucklemore. <laughs> yes. Why are there so many grouches? Dude, if you had a show running for 50 years and you had a little weird guy that lived in a trash can, you would also do this kind of world building. The Grouch Index. Okay. <laughs> Recurring Grouches. Osvaldo El Gronian. <laughs> oh my god. He has a cousin named Smiling George. Oh well, we can't all be perfect. <laughs> he's, a, he's a Grouch that lives in Puerto Rico. <laughs> he has Grouches a from around the world. It's horrifying. <laughs> Bro, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Did you think I was kidding? His 19th century ancestor is named Oscar the Malcontent. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. I just love this all these crouches and then Dwight, parentheses, from England. That's really good. <laughs> There are knights from Grouch a lot. Hang on a second here. Oh my god, Leon the Grouch, is there Matilda? 
I'm a big fan of the justice of disturbing the peace. Let me go and click on this guy. <laughs> he seems pretty sick. Dirtathy. <laughs> <laughs> the justice of disturbing the peace officiated their wedding. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> that says Oscar's fair grouch mother, and I do believe that's a picture of Rosie O'Donnell. Let me go and click on that. Yeah, it sure is. Hell hey, yeah, wait dude. a second. There's a picture of Boishi Ufnik selling ice cream, but they repurpose him as the bad humor man. That's pretty cool. I guess. <laughs> I don't love that. Oscar the Grouch is a pet called preposterous. <laughs> I'm still... He is a groucher spaniel. <laughs> I was a little stuck on Dirtathy. His stupid little fucking face. <laughs> this is the worst episode we've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> it sure is. Vidal Spittoon? Come on. <laughs> it's been 45 minutes and like 30 of that are talking about grouch. <laughs> <laughs> the fact. That there's a parody of Spam a lot called Scram a lot makes me really want to die. I'm gonna be honest. There's with a you. magical grouch named Rhubarb. <laughs> Dear Krabby. <laughs> the pictures of the Grouch a lot nights do a lot for me. Diva Garbage Dump is a grouch who appears in the series of Sesame Street YouTube videos. The real grouches of Sesame Street. <laughs> Alright. Osvaldo El Grunion. I, man, I can't believe they made a grouch taping Lisa Vanderpump. <laughs> That's pretty sick. That's so fucking stupid. It's dude. gonna be a big night of that as soon as we're done recording, let me tell you. It's, uh, it's never ending here. Species like monsters or honkers. I guess I'm clicking honkers. Oh, there's so many of them. There's so many honkers. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Rumple is a green grout with big energetic eyes. He lives in a barrel with his pet caterpillar Gustav. <laughs> I need to start watching Sesamstrasse. <laughs> Lothar the Grouch is an alien grouch from the seventh moon of the planet Zircon. He sends a hologram message billions of miles to Oscar the Grouch on Earth via R2-D2. The message is, Oscar the Grouch, get lost! <laughs> That's a really good bit. I'm so stuck on Harry, Harry, more contrary. <laughs> I am just drunk enough to do this for another hour and a half. Let me tell you. <laughs> Mark get your girlfriend in here. <laughs> That's her favorite hey, Babe, grouch. you ever seen Sesame Strass? <laughs> do, do you want to? No? <coughs> dubbed? Hang on. Do I, I can find episodes of this dubbed in English. Hang on a second. <laughs> Sesame Strass. This is just the rest of my night staring back at me. <laughs> There's a grouch named Connie from Hong Kong. <laughs> oh no <laughs> I bet it's done well 
Vincent Van Grouch. Why is this a thing? Oh, oh apparently there's a there's a human grouch named Pepe on Sesame Strasse. Oh. <laughs> All right, Parker, what else did you watch? Oh, um, well, that's a good question. He's from the Hazoberer family, and therefore his spells have to contain P-words. For example, the spell to turn a chair blue is Papa Puffer Pomplemousein. Oh, no. So, Parker, anything besides succession? <laughs> Let me get my bearings here. <laughs> Close the tabs. I did. My phone is sitting next to me. The screen is locked. I gotta go to work in like half an hour. Let's go. Oh, well, in that case. uh, Honestly, I can skip most of this. It's fine. Uh, I will say, uh, you know when the the scene in Austin Powers where uh, Will Ferrell, if you just ask him the same question three times, he has to answer? Yeah. Uh, That's me, except it's one time and it's horror movies. So on Friday when my friend texts me, hey, do you want to go see The Boogeyman? I just found myself in the theater like an hour later, as it turns out. Didn't have time for fucking Spider-Verse, but you watched this. Again, it's wrapping a birthday party for my dear sweet friend. It's fine. I, I don't get we'll it. Get it's not it. even on the list. It's yeah. <laughs> it's called. It's a hey, do you want to? It's called. Hey, I know you don't have plans. Do you want to go see this movie? And the answer was, sure. It's ninety minutes. Uh, didn't rise it was PG thirteen. So shout out to the row of teenagers next to me. That was Hell pretty yes. sick. Loved that. <laughs> Loved seeing that phone in my peripheral the whole goddamn movie. It's uh, it's fine. It's not great, but it's way better than I thought it would be, which was horrendous. So, uh, that's whatever, man. It's not really much to say about it. Um, it's a fucking, like, ten-page short story, and that short story is, like, five minutes of the movie. So that was a nice surprise that it wasn't just going to be a Stephen King short story from the 1970s stretched out in 90 minutes. Because mm-hmm. that's what I was expecting, and I was expecting to have a real bad time. But, uh, again, I can't say no to people, especially if there's a movie involved. But uh, I had a decent enough time with it. Uh, neither of you will ever see it, nor should you. It's fine. Yeah, Chris might at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, anything's possible. I yeah, mean, did you, you know, did you ever think you'd see Child's Play three? I mean, I mean, born, yes. yeah. <laughs> that, that anything's I possible. Expected. Uh, I just assumed, yeah. honestly. God, honestly, it's uh, it's fine. Like I. I rate PG-13 movies much differently because it's for a completely different audience. It serves a different purpose, and for that purpose of, like, getting its hooks in a younger crowd, like my good friend uh, (laughs) who's making a documentary later this year, it's uh, it's pretty effective. It's got a good creepy monster design, a lot of stuff with creepy things moving out of focus in the shadows. It's solid. If I saw this as a 12-year-old at someone's house, it would have scared the absolute dog shit out of me. So that's uh, the best you can do with that. Let's see. So Missing is on Netflix, which was a big surprise to me because yeah. I really wanted to see that. And then it was in the theaters for two weeks and then disappeared. I fucking love these movies. I really do. This and Searching Both. I mm-hmm. love this style of movie. I am a, I could watch one of these every year or two, honestly. And the thing that gets me the most about them is that they're these serious like thrillers with like stakes and all that. But they both have, like, such a great use of, like, physical comedy, like, of just revealing a punchline on the screen without drawing attention to it. That's done better than most actual comedies I see on TV or in film nowadays. Like, of course, in uh, Searching, there's the fantastic reveal of the guy's alibi falling apart to find out he was seeing Justin Bieber. 
Uh, there's a similar <laughs> joke in this one that like absolutely fucking floors me, where they're trying to guess the guy's password. It's this huge tense situation. Like, if they get the password too wrong too many times, they're gonna get locked out, and then all their leads are gone. <laughs> God, it's a fucking Megan the Stallion joke, but S his name, and like she types it in, it logs in, you're in. No one references it. There's no like, uh, that was weird. Like, it's just. A huge tense moment. The joke is typed out on screen without any dialogue over it, and it works. And it handles this like comedic timing better than most things I watch on TV. This fucking movie about watching a girl trying to find out where her parents are through the internet, and also uh, the bit of her finding a private detective on basically Fiverr is a really good bit that worked really well for me because. Yeah, that'd probably be me if I was seventeen. One hundred percent. What else would you do? I would absolutely find the guy from Fast Five and pay him to go investigate. Uh, got a little silly towards the end, but it's just kind of that thing where it has to keep ramping up until like a big quote unquote climax, and it's like this is this is, is kind of silly for what it is. These twists aren't super great, but all in all, I had a really good time, and I will watch the next one these guys do. Let's see if I have anything else here. Oh, fuck yeah. Watched a fucking... Hey, uh, you know how I can't say no to shitty horror movies? Yeah. <laughs> well, when I see, hey, there's a new anthology out based on creepypasta, oh, the odds of me not clicking play are fucking zero. Hey, you know what uh, sucks about creepypasta? Everything? All of it. Yeah. They all suck. There's not a single good one. So that does not translate into a... 90-minute movie made up of 12 short stories. Really giving them time to breathe, let me tell you. Hey, Chris, you hated VHS. What if each individual segment was like a third the runtime? So you just got in, there was a, and it was a shitty creepypasta, and then it was over, and you're like, oh, wow, I guess there was a monster in there. And then you just watched that nine more times. Can you imagine being like the type of person who like goes out of their way to read creepypastas? No. Me, who as a kid was like too scared to watch horror movies and would freak himself reading like the Wikipedia summaries of these. I no, creepypasta fucking sucks. There's never been a good one. There will never be. I think I read. I've read like one. It was about uh, Rugrats, and it was like some sort of like fake episode that they came up with where like Stu abused uh, Angelica or something like that. They're like, yeah, if you ask the creators about it, they'll immediately end the interview or something like that. And I'm like, you know what? I have a feeling they would just go, what? That? No, that didn't that, happen. Reading the whole thing Next was such question. a waste of time because I was reading. I was like, no, that didn't fucking happen. That's completely stupid. I feel the same way about creepypasta as I do about fan theories. Yeah. Same. Have you heard that? Let me stop you. Were they dead the whole time? Cool. <laughs> Thanks. Technically, they were dreaming into high. Wow, oh. crazy. <laughs> what if the kids from Ed, Ed, and Eddie are dead? Yeah, I got it. Thank you. Figured it out. Uh, yeah, all creepypasta is bad. Movies, no exception. Uh, it's like 85 minutes. Felt like two and a half hours. <laughs> hate to see it. I think that should do it for me. Yeah, that's good enough. Let's talk about Sisu. Colon, gold member voice. I like gold. <laughs> a lot of gold in this movie. <laughs> hey, you guys think there's a finished version of Sesame Street? <laughs> Staring at my, <laughs> staring at it in the corner of my eye, like, 
Probably. <laughs> uh, there were a lot of grouches in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sisu's is uh, finished movie. bearing a knife in the Oscar the Grouch's finished cousin. Yeah, that's a good uh, starting point for the movie. That kill, as soon as it starts, you're just like... It, it's, again, it's like that guy at the Alamo going... Whoa! <laughs> so that's the tone we're going with. As overuses the meme of uh, Leo from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is, the second that I went his head, I just like leaned up, pointed to the, hey baby, see that? Hey, I'm gonna rewind it. Get in here. Hey, hey, you see that? Right through his fucking head. And then I Let saw it was the same writer director of Rare Exports. I was like, oh, this makes sense. Well, actually, it makes sense because I assume, fin- I assume Finland only has one director. He must have fought hard, like, please let me show an old man's cock. And they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not you, this time. You use those all up in Finn in, in the rarest <laughs> you, uh, you, you settle for this old man's bare ass and you fucking like it. Yeah. Do I ever. It's a good ass. Anyway, I, favorite kill in the movie is when he threw a landmine and it kind of exploded on his face. Objectively <laughs> correct answer. That landmine coming flying out of the smoke is absolutely... <laughs> That's fucking great. Perfect. <laughs> it's like throwing mines in uh, like time splitters. It's just fucking bur- it's fucking beautiful. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> oh. So there's sorry God. I so I wanna say just like before we continue getting into the movie mm-hmm. that this is like I think an excellent use of the setting mm-hmm. because we see in the setting, you know, the first like what, three minutes of this movie are like all like landscape shots, and there's like literally fucking nothing here. Like absolutely nothing. It's very pretty. It's very nice to look at, mm-hmm. but like, not a not a house, not like a little hill, not not some tree. Fucking nothing. It's completely desolate. And I think that really is a big part of like why this movie and its extremely simplistic premise works. Because like, there's nowhere for this guy to go. There's nothing out here. He's just like, all right, well, fuck. I guess I gotta fight these guys. We don't get the tense 15 minute scene where he's hiding in a house and the Nazis get in. It's like, oh, we got you. Like, there's none of that shit. It's exactly what it is and nothing more. And it's like a great way to establish that in this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm always kind of curious about how they write in some of these set pieces. Like, I keep thinking, uh, jumping a bit forward here to the scene where he's uh, hanged. You know, I'm like, what was the thought process here? It's like, how am I going to like set this up with not just like how it looks in the script, but also like. How am I going to film it from certain angles and everything? And how is he going to get himself out of the situation? Uh, but I have to say, uh, having seen it on screen, very impressed. So I guess we should uh, tell the story for a change. You know, the story of Sisu. Uh, Sisu, I wrote down one note for this entire movie. The rest is all off the dome. Uh, Sisu is a Finnish word that cannot be translated. It means... <laughs> <laughs> Which <laughs> it means it means a white knuckled form of courage and unimaginable determination. That's not a translation. It's just what the movie means. <laughs> Sesamstrasse is a German word which cannot be translated. <laughs> it means Sesame Street. <laughs> Can you imagine like having a kid like a fucking who's a fat kid from Willy Wonka? Uh, Augustus <laughs> Gloop, and he comes up, Mama! I'd like to watch this. The mouth covered in chocolate. It's insane that people that talk like that almost took over the world once. <laughs> I'm learning how to count and rhyme. <laughs> what is it, Grandpapa? <laughs> Why are you interrupting my episode of Sesame Street? 
He is the biggest bird in all the world. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie ends, and uh, we. <laughs> You know what? Just to keep things simple, you guys can call me Alma Grossa too. <laughs> she even smells like Alma Grossa. <laughs> uh. So anyway. Um, Bert? <laughs> Bert? Um, Bert, yeah. Got, got the eye of the grouch. Sisu about a man in Finland (laughs) good luck cobbling this episode together (laughs) I'm keeping all this holy shit as you should I have to admit like uh, to be fair I guess this is getting back to Sisu but like who's gonna see a podcast episode by this group of people talking about a movie they've never heard of uh, and say they want to watch it. And to be fair, you know, this is one that we only heard a little bit about. I don't think this was shown at the Alamo, unfortunately. Uh, it might have been, but I didn't get a chance to see it there. I would love to have watched this on a big screen, I will tell you that. Um, many people are describing this as a mix of John Wick and Mad Max. I think that's a very poor description. Getting a lot of boss baby vibes from Sisu over here. There's a lot of dirt. It's kind of like Mad Max. Yeah. All right, man. Look, I don't know shit about movies, but you have to see more than four before you can start making those comparisons. Yeah, people do that all the time. Though. Anyway, the movie's about some old guy in Finland, and uh, he finds some gold, uh, some buried gold, and he's going to cash it all in because uh, in some places gold can be used as money. Anyway. Uh, he comes across some Nazis. Right off the bat, you're like, those guys look like bad news. Uh, and uh, they want to take the gold from him, and then they'll use that gold for money. So it's a bit of a conflict between these two uh, groups of people. Anyway, he decides that if he kills them, he can keep the gold for himself. Thus begins a set of carnage uh, otherwise unseen in movies. This is a very violent movie, and... That is such an understatement. This is considering all the shit that I've seen, not just for the list, but like even movies that I like have a lot of violence in them. This one is uh, so violent that it becomes, uh, frankly, pretty absurd, but in a way that you kind of like. You're like, this is the style that the movie's going for. It's very proud to do this kind of uh, violence because at some point it is a little bit funny. It's like, yeah, I am kind of chuckling at the guy getting the knife right through the dome. It's. Literally the only thing going on in this movie is violence, is the best way that I can think to describe it. Mm-hmm. Like, you get a violent set piece, and then extremely minimal exposition in between scenes, and then you get more violence. And it's that cycle for about 90 minutes, and it's just the right amount, and all the violence looks good, and you feel pretty good about yourself when you're done with it. Because they're all Nazis, so they deserve it. Yeah, it's just a series of bits. It's like, which bit is your favorite? I like the bit where the guy's looking at the periscope and his buddy gets punched into it. That's a good bit. Yeah, That is a good bit. That's a really good bit. <laughs> I like when he's using his mining pick to try to get inside the tank. <laughs> it's, it's a super good bit. One of my favorites is when uh, the group of women in the back of the car flip open the uh, the burlap and they, they have all the rifles and stuff and they start shooting the Nazis. Less cool is when they started like, walking in line with all the guns because it reminded me of the <laughs> Devil's Rejects. Same, but Infinity War. <laughs> I, uh, I really appreciate just to, you know, 
Because they are Nazis, so we know they're evil. But just to make sure that we know they're evil, they refer to their truckload of captured women as the bitches. <laughs> and only as the bitches okay, the entire time. This really does sound more like a Rob Zombie movie. Now, now <laughs> I gotta take We're, stars uh, off. Actually, yeah, this is actually where the podcast gets bad, because now people aren't gonna see this movie. This yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, we swear there's good stuff beyond just, yeah, it's fun when he kills Nazis. It's like, that's a given. But it's the way that he does it that makes it so interesting. Again, he throws a mine at a guy, it just explodes on his skull. It's awesome. That I is like... Say, uh, go ahead. <laughs> I can't believe China didn't come up with that first. That just seems like something you would have seen the uh, fucking Dynasty Warriors clone of World War II. Uh, this movie looks great. I uh, wish I saw it on a big screen. Uh, girlfriend, any movie, it could be the worst piece of dog shit you've ever seen. If there's like a beautiful landscape, she gets excited. So she had a great time. Until that horse exploded. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit She much. was not happy about that horse stepping on a landmine. <laughs> Which is a really funny sentence to say out loud. Mm-hmm. As an unbelievably good-looking explosion. Oh, yeah. Words. See, that's the thing about this, is Finland... A lot of people, when we talk about uh, why foreign movies aren't as popular, is Hollywood has a lot of money, and a lot of other places, especially places like Finland, they don't really have a very strong film community in the sense of money. They have people who make a lot of great independent work and uh, it's very artistic and there's really great stuff there but sometimes they don't have as much money for special effects this is a movie that I, I don't know how they did some of these effects but they look good enough that it could have come from Hollywood it would have looked just as good in fact I think if Hollywood had made this it probably would have looked uh, probably a little bit worse you know because they they wouldn't have stylized it the same way, you know? They wouldn't have showed it the same way. They would have had more fog. They would have obscured stuff. They probably would have cut away from some of the more hardcore moments. And it wouldn't be quite as good. I don't know. This movie would be absolute dog shit. It'd be made by the other guy that made John Wick one. <laughs> and it would be fucking hideous to look at full of CGI blood. Yeah. I would be- hate this movie. On that note... There's some level of you as you're watching this movie when you get to the part with the plane where you're like, oh, fuck, yes, dude, I'm going to get to watch him fly this plane. And then you don't get to watch him fly the plane. And it's for the best because it probably would have looked like shit because that's something that just without access to like absurd CGI budgets always looks fucking bad. So like thinking about that part, which we'll get to in that context, it's like, oh, yeah, great restraint move. 80% 80% of the countries that make movies wouldn't have done this, and you would have had this stupid-looking PS3 plane flying around. I don't know. If it was made in India, it'd look pretty sick, yeah, actually. Was, yeah. That's the one exception. <laughs> For different reasons. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I like the lack of dialogue. I will say that that's uh, good, because it also d- it didn't feel like one of those intentionally mysterious uh, movies, like those intentionally... Uh, trying to to cut out all the dialogue to just make the action inform everything, it seemed kind of natural for these characters to be as quiet as they were. Uh, I I thought that that was one of the stronger things here. It's Again, this movie feels natural. It feels like the director got exactly what he wanted to do in this movie. Yeah, like if he's supposed to be like this fucking, almost like this folklore, like this dude who will not die, I don't need quips from him. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I don't... I don't need the scene where he sits down with one of the girls like, you know, I had a daughter like you once, and then giving his whole fucking tragic backstory before the Nazis came. Like, no, nah, just don't talk. It's fine. Yeah, That's I mean, perfectly fine. This character doesn't talk for what, like, roughly an hour of the movie? 
But when he does talk, it's not some big stupid reveal like that dog shit Nick Cage Five Nights at Freddy's ripoff movie. That, where, I thought about where, that I, a lot during this yeah, movie. I thought he just had the one line at the end where he was like, uh, he was going to trade in the gold for uh, dollar bills because they'll be uh, easier to carry. I feel like he says something when he gets on the truck and he's giving the guns to the girls, but I might be wrong. Also, I'm glad that you let me know that you knew what he was saying at the end, because I had no subtitles and wasn't sure if I was supposed to know. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, he had, he had uh... <laughs> I mean, you can kind of figure it out, but... Yeah. I guess the version I also watched on Repix Plex account did not have <laughs> subtitles. <laughs> did you... Were your guys' uh, movies in English? Because mine was dubbed in English. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Just make sure. Yeah, in but, but in the last scene, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. I, well, yeah. Yeah. Mine was uh, subtitled. I didn't even pick up that he wasn't speaking English there. I don't know. Uh, I I actually I also like the fact that it was filmed entirely in English, not just because uh, I didn't have to read subtitles, which I don't usually care about. I watch enough foreign stuff that it's not really a problem. But it it reminded me kind of a of Chernobyl in a way. It was just it was more natural for the characters to be able to converse with each other in this way. Even though, like, no one says anything. It's just Nazis going, kill that bitch. And you're like, oh, man, I hope someone puts a pickaxe through his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goddamn right they do. It's good when a movie just like, hey, you want this guy to die? Yeah, you do. Hey, you want to watch him die now? There you go. Be 85 minutes. Here's $5. I'm in. Like, that's all I need from this. Yeah. I don't it really need is. trying to fucking preach to me. I know. Guess what? I know Nazis are bad. That's, that's I read that in the, the book. great part of the last 80 years of making movies about killing Nazis. Like, you see Nazis, it's like, all right, cool, those are the bad guys. I don't know that we have any other group where they are just unambiguously bad in every single movie. Like, you could even do, like, a fucking what about is a movie about Genghis Khan or fucking whatever. But, like, the Nazis, it's like, no, they're just the Nazis. They're just stock bad guys. And that's it perfect. Tra- mm-hmm. Transcends all languages and cultures. You see a bunch of white dudes show up wearing those fucking gray trench coats. You're like, man, I sure hope someone throws a landmine at his face. <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope they have to go out in their little canoe and hunt for him while he's holding his breath for seven minutes. <laughs> I just love the reveal of the minefield. It's that that being like a, a fucking placard. Uh, uh, you know, this movie like ostensibly has chapters. I, I don't think that part's strictly necessary, but also it was kind of cool. It's like, oh, sick. We're going to get more of this sick-ass minefield. Let's go. Because instead of it being something pretentious, it's just like, chapter three, the minefield. And you're like, hang on a second. Hey, babe. Hey, babe, come back. <laughs> uh, so there, there's a lot of those scenes in this movie where you're just like, oh, oh, you got, hold on, hold on. We got to rewind that. I think you were looking at your phone. <laughs> One of which was uh, when he slits that dude's throat underwater and and takes air in from his windpipe. So oh, good. right, yeah. It's, so good. Yeah, I love the way it was shot underwater too. It's just like pitch black around them. Looks like uh, my absolute worst nightmare. Oh yeah, I mean being in There's Finland is not a lot of ways in this movie. Uh, that is that's pretty low on my list of ways I want to go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, drowning right. and then getting my throat slit <laughs> in the dark recesses of the ocean. I think I would take that over being strapped to a bomb and dropped from a plane. But uh, you know, to each his own. It's a pretty good bit though. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Chris is a big fan of Looney Tunes. We've been discussing this for a couple weeks now. Uh, pretty good bit to go out strapped to a bomb. <laughs> like fucking Wile E. Coyote. A Tommy Corpy the Grouch. <laughs> it is remember that, remember the post credit scene of the Kingsman where they revealed the new Grouch was joined the <laughs> 
<laughs> I see you grouse must work together. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, uh, do we have anything else for this movie? I look forward to showing this to everyone I know. Right, yeah. Because I definitely got a little nervous early on when we first meet the Nazis, and they're in the carriage of those girls, and he's pulling up his pants, and the ones on the ground, I'm like, oh, never mind. Right, <laughs> it's yeah. not going to be a good party watch, but then like that's, it never goes any further. I'm like, yeah. right, I can live with that. That would have been stars removed. Like I don't, I don't need this movie. Does not need that. Don't even need that scene. Honestly, that's a little too much. Like, yeah, I, I, I know the Nazis are bad. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to tell me that. I, I'm alive right now, movie. But whatever. <laughs> you know what? If that's as bad as it gets, I'll take it. I'll count that as a W. Really, a, really, just want to reinforce the uh, commitment to bits this movie has. Uh, my personal favorite non-violence bit was when all of the girls are in the back of the truck with the dead guy, and they're trying to let the other truck know that nothing's wrong. They stick the dead guy's yeah. arm out, <laughs> the make him wave like that. Real yeah. Team America bit. Yeah, there. exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I think he's saying, "Kiss me, kiss me." <laughs> No, uh, fucking great movie. Strong recommend. We'll be showing to everyone. Hard to discuss on here because it's literally just each chapter is like, all right, here's this chapter's bit. Uh, there's a plane, right? And he has a pickaxe. Check this shit out. <laughs> uh, they're in this area, and these people are going to try and uh, hang him. Check this shit out. What if yeah. Yukon Cornelius was cool? <laughs> Man, what a good ass movie. Yeah. Movie I really wish I saw in theaters. But very it satisfying. Was, it yeah, was in theaters. Love for this one. Oh yeah, be very excited. It was in theaters for what, like three days. Yeah, exactly. I if think that. anyone who knew about it saw the trailer in front of John Wick and went, "That looks like that could be cool." Yeah, because that was my thought. I was like, "This trailer could just be tricking me because I'm amped up right now." But this could be cool, and then never heard about it again. Apparently, it released yep. alongside Big George Foreman and Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Only takes two. <laughs> well, speaking of, <laughs> join us next week for Transformers uh, Beast thing. Fuck, I'm going to have a busy week. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the T, sis.